Welcome to a new episode of the Cigar Snob Podcast. I am Nick Jimenez. I'm here with Eric Calvino. How's it going, y'all? And special guest Steve Zengel of Los Caídos. Say hello, Steve. What's up, everybody? So, thanks, Steve, for coming by on a little uh, trip to Miami. This is, uh, this is what, about a once-a-year thing for you? It is. It's about a once-a-year thing, and I want to thank everybody here for having me. It's been awesome with Eric, Yamiet, you, Ramon, Charlie. Everybody's awesome. Yeah. Ivan, so thank you very much. You know, it's, uh, it was, it's been oh, great meeting you. you. Please. Yeah. You guys have known each other for a while, but I, I just met Steve for the first time. We've been hanging out for a couple hours here in the office, so uh, been a good time, and we are now smoking just to let people, you know, sort of use this as the vehicle into the explanation of Los Caídos and the whole story. Los Caídos from 2015. Uh, so for for the totally oblivious, uninitiated, tell us about uh, what Los Caídos is um, and and where the idea for this brand and your, your mission came from, because it is a, a very unique kind of story. Sure. Um, so I started... Uh, in the industry, working for Scott Regina, uh, Freehold, New Jersey, born guy, uh, great retailer out of Virginia. I was coaching basketball at Hampton University, didn't make the NCAA tournament, fired my boss, started working for Scott, knew I was going to go back to New Jersey at some point because I didn't have a basketball career down there anymore, and told, said, Scott, you know, I want to open my own shop. What do you think? He said, awesome, here's what you need to do. So I opened in Seaside, New Jersey under Beach House Cigars, Hurricane Sandy hit. I was open about eight months Wiped it out. A year later, I moved about seven miles north to my hometown of Wall Township. Started the new shop. In the meantime, I went back on my doctorate degree and became a high school vice principal. So I had some guys working in the shop, mostly retired PD from the town of Wall, uh, while I was doing a vice principal thing. And in that time, two police officers, Chris Matlos and Mark Castellano, were brutally murdered. And because the two retired PD guys work in my shop, we constantly got called to go do these events to try to raise money for the family members of those officers. So I was going out there constantly with Beach House Cigars, branded cigars. And I was given a couple hundred bucks back at the end of the day. These families needed $20,000. So I felt like it was a drop in a bucket. I felt insignificant. I was never going to be able to give the money back they wanted to, even with my current job as a vice principal. And Jersey Mike's is a sandwich um company that was founded in the same hometown. I used to come in all the time. I'm very close with a lot of those folks. And I lamented to them about my desire to want to get back more, but I didn't know how. And dear friend of mine, Matt Catania said, dude, what are you doing? We get back over a million dollars a year through selling subs. Why don't you do that through cigars? And I said, what do you mean? He said, like jaw drop. Are you kidding me? What do you mean? What do I mean? Just create a cigar brand specifically for that cause. And the light bulb totally went off and I said, do you think that would work? The guys in the oh, shop I think said... he turned on the light bulb. Yes. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah, true. Light bulb. Yeah, well, I don't know why we say that. Like, we say things go off when we really meant it went yeah, on. Yeah. So light bulb turned on and, uh, you know, the guys in the shop said, you know, I think it's a great idea and I immediately called the uh, union presidents of the five largest departments, New York, Houston, Philly, Los Angeles, Chicago, and Tyler Eisen was the president of LAPPL at the time and a cigar smoker said, yeah, I think it's a great idea. And those union presents actually helped me. We had some designs in mind, but it was more of a marketing like idea. And it just seemed really cheesy because you're dealing with the, you're trying to honor the lives of the fallen and it couldn't be done that way. So the cigar box, everything about it was really designed by the police community. I had very little to do with the design of the box itself. 
And we're still talking, just to be clear, we're still talking about the initial iteration of Los Caídos. The initial iteration of Los Caídos. This is 2015, to give people context. 15 is when a cigar was made, to give real context. The emails and those communications started in August of 2013. Okay. So we went through a year and a half, two years of iterations of talking with the police departments throughout the country to make sure we were doing it the right way to honor these lives the best way possible. This is while you're still... Uh, an assistant principal and still uh, with Beach House Cigars. Still an assistant principal, still at Beach House Cigars. Um, so, you know, talked to Paul Palmer uh, at Cas Fernandez at the time and said, listen, I'm, I'm trying to get the cigar made. I don't know anything about what I'm doing. Could you help? He said, absolutely. Uh, we started that because Paul had worked with me on a prior release, uh, the Perfection Cigar with Riley Massimino, the former head coach of Villanova University yep. Basketball. So that got all into play, and then the cigars were rolled in 15, released to me around February of 16. We had our launch party in North Jersey, and then just came out. You know, I scraped together whatever money I had to release only 500 boxes, and I started going to the events now, not as Beach House Cigars branded cigars, but Los Caídos, and uh, the community received it pretty well. Um, the first person actually to pick it up was Laura Barlow at Cigars International. Somebody had been vacationing in Jersey Shore at the time. I guess they were an employee of CI. And they said, hey, what is that about? And I see all those boxes there. They'd just been delivered. And I said, uh, yeah, this is what I'm trying to do. I guess they brought it back to CI. I got a call, and they were the first order. And they, they, they picked it up before it was any retail store, any sales had wow. taken place. Yeah, so not a lot of people know that, but that tremendously helped. And once that visibility got out there, we quickly sold out within that year across 17 state lines. Wow. Now, uh, at this point, though, with those proceeds, you went and, and did something. Yes. Right? So this is the charity component of this. So yeah. Up to now, it's been how did you get the cigar made and sold? Yeah. Then now is the beautiful part, right? Yeah. Now is the beautiful part. It's the fun part and it's the emotional part, you know? Yeah. So I knew I wanted to do something. I, you know, I've, I've ridden Harleys for some time. So uh, I've. I just wanted to get out there and start giving back. So with whatever money we raised, I wanted to raise awareness and more money. I got on my Harley in 16, October 1st, that Saturday, and just left on a cross-country ride to Los Angeles and back. Um, 13 days, <laughs> put about 12 to 15 hours a day on a bike. I did not do it the right way. I did way more wrong than I ever did right. <laughs> and uh, But it was, you know, see it when you're out at these events and you see people coming up to you saying, you know, I lost uh, my yeah. brother in, in the line of duty. I'd love to carry a box and, you know, get a box and smoke one in his honor because something about the box I'd like to go into here, why it resonates with a lot of people, the box. And again, this is all, a lot of it's from the police community itself. We'll, we'll, we'll have a picture. We'll put a picture of, I mean, the box is a little banged up because I've had it since 2016, <laughs> I guess. But, uh, but yeah, we'll put a picture of it. So yeah, describe it. Yeah. So in the box, there are 12 spaces. The first 10 spaces, six by 54 round Toros. The 11th is a 6x54 Torpedo, which, as you know, is a specially shaped, harder-to-create cigar. And the 12th spot is left open, and that's what we call the end-of-watch cigar. So the special-shaped Torpedo is intended for the box purchaser, and it's for them to honor their, their fallen brother or sister. When they pull it, okay, the empty space is the one we're assuming their friend is having with them upstairs because they're no longer here with us. Yeah. So when you pull that Torpedo, you have 10-round cigars and two open spots remain, and in many of the cities in New Jersey, ten double zero is the code for officer down. Got it. Yeah, and you can well if you st if you still had boxes to sell, <laughs> that is in the the story inside the box. So yeah, it's yeah. a it's a touching story. But then you went around 
uh, you went around the country. Yeah. And then did something special on that ride. It wasn't that you just took a ride across the country. It was like, no. okay, well, you sold a bunch of cigars to take a ride? No, you you actually did something with it. So tell us what what happened during this ride. Yeah, so it was just amazing. I wanted to, we loaded up a truck that was uh, generously donated personally uh, to us by a gentleman named John Tezza, who was the COO, I, I believe he was COO or CMO, C-level executive at Jersey Mike's at the time. Um, it resonated with him. I, I believe he had a family member who fell on the line of duty. So he gave us the truck. We loaded the truck up with boxes of cigars, whatever we had left. Dave, the safety truck, I had two of my friends. One guy I played high school ball with, Dave DeSantis. The other guy was Roger Nichols. They uh, followed me for safety reasons uh, in the truck. I got on my bike and just New York, Pittsburgh, Denver. I mean, just went all throughout the country. Went to Northern Rim going out, Southern Rim coming back, which is when I saw you in Miami. And uh, just wanted to raise awareness and, and try to give out as much money as we can. We And that's one of the lessons I learned. I wasn't able to give as much as I wanted to. But what's nice is I just, uh, you know, part of the reason I'm here today is because, you know, we're coming back later this yep. year. And it was great because in the money that I was able to put forth to the project, the first money I put forth was the donation in full amount that should have been given on that ride in 16. So I'm going to be presenting checks to uh, the NJPBA on October 16th at their meeting this year with Pat Colligan in New Jersey and also to some people at our announcement so event in the, the city on October Police 2nd. Benevolent. Yes, right. the New Jersey PBA, Pat Collins, the president. Pat Colligan is the president. Very cool, man. I mean, it's uh, so when you when you went around the country, you stopped. Did you were you able to stop and meet some of the people and and still give some of the checks, or you did that after the fact? Uh, mostly after the fact. Um, it was hard because again, I I didn't know what I was doing, so I just wanted to do something. In inactivity was not the option, <laughs> so yeah. I just plotted forward, not knowing what the hell I was doing. Yeah, saying I'll we'll figure, figure it out, out later. Yes. So I went, after I sold out, I took 2017 off. And as I alluded to earlier, I was a college basketball coach. Yep. So one thing you do as a coach is you go into the film room because the film doesn't lie. You see where you got your ass beat. So when you come back on the floor, it doesn't happen again. So 2017 was my time in a film room. Now I'm coming back to the floor in 18, and I'm not going to get my ass beat this time. We're going to do things right. Man, that's uh, – and so – well, f- first, before we get to the, the new version of it, uh, all three of us are smoking the 2015 yep. Los Caídos, which you say was shipped. It was rolled in 2015, but shipped in 2016. Is yes. that how it goes? Yes. Okay. Yes. Um, so, and it, it's it's an excellent cigar, right? I mean, uh, Aganorsa tobacco made by Casa Fernandez in Esteli. Uh, it's still, even though it's it's been rolled... 2015 so it's been sitting there for more than three years uh it's still excellent i appreciate that sweetness but still has a little bit of kick to it uh it's really well balanced i love it i i I loved it when i smoked it back then and it's still still going today yeah i really coming from you with such an experienced palate that means a lot to me no 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 bullshit that means a lot so thank you for saying that because i'm enjoying the heck out of as i told you i haven't been able to have one in quite some time because they've been sold out so when so when you pulled this out it was really a joy (laughs) well you know what uh we store a lot of cigars it's something that when we get cigars for ratings or when we buy cigars when we walk into cigar stores we store a lot and we're usually hoping that there's a payoff here in the end that we're you know so that in the in the worst case scenario what we're hoping is we get to smoke the cigar three four years down the line 
and it's it's even better than it was when it came out. That's your mm -hmm. worst case scenario. Yeah. Best case scenario, you're storing them with the hopes of something like this happening, right? Yeah. Where, you know what? I'm going to hang on to this because one day Steve's going to come to the office and I'm going to bust this out <laughs> and we're going to smoke it together. <laughs> and it's it almost makes me cry like you're doing, you son of a gun. Yeah, no, man. That's that's why we do it. And, and it doesn't always pay off, right? Yeah. But uh, but it's beautiful when it does. So so we're happy to have you here again, man. Uh, you know, thank you, thank you for this. Uh, it's a beautiful project, and you know that we're we're there to support you. Oh, you always you always have been. You always have been. So, and all I right, no crying, it. no more crying. Yeah, no more crying <laughs> for the people that can't see. I, Nick, like, step in. <laughs> Nick, come save me. No, but for the people, because you know they always. What, what do they say? You have a, a face for podcasts, right? <laughs> sure, so yeah, for yeah. the people that can't see right now, you know it. It is very. It's just so you guys know about Eric and Cigar Snob a little bit, like. Everything, and we talked about this over lunch today. All of it, a lot of the cigar industry is about relationships, and and really, I think most of life is about relationships. Sure. So you know, I, I do get emotional, and uh, I get touched through uh, people showing those relationships and when they come through. Yeah. So to come here today and for you to have this ready for me and say, hey man, here's your own product, enjoy it. It's just it it means something. It yeah. really it means something. It touches me. So thank you very much for that. Oh man, no, it's my pleasure. Honestly, I was really that. surprised when your sister Yami would not do the show with me. Yeah, she you know, I, I she just, likes I, I know you were now looking. You were, you were, yeah, now she's taking pictures. Now, oh, she's good at the picture thing, but she won't come on the air. It really frustrates <laughs> That's me. My job. Oh, oh, did you all hear that? She got on a little bit. She got on a little bit. <laughs> Cameo from Yami. All right, so then uh, you go to the film room, you study the mistakes you made, yeah. and then now, uh, 2018, we're about we're about a month away from yeah. the relaunch, right? Yes, we're, very excited we're calling about it a relaunch that. Relaunch or launcher? Yeah, I'm calling it the return. I don't like relaunch because, um, you know, when you and we thought like I tried to choose my words very carefully. It's something you go through when you get a doctorate degree and I, from Rutgers University. My advisors, there you don't have a lot of wasted time or space for inappropriately used words. Every word you put in a doctoral dissertation has to mean something. Yep. So when we started talking as a team about what are we going to call this event October 2nd? And it's only it's a very special event in New York City at Club Macanudo that we're going to have. Um, everybody there is somebody who has supported me since the 2015. It's my way of saying thank you. Hey, we're back. You've been with me this whole time. I really appreciate it. So, you know, that event, it's just going to mean a lot to us. It's going to mean a lot to us to, to be there. I can't wait, man. I yeah. can't wait. I'm super uh, psyched about it. Now, uh, you... You went back to the well, and you you had uh, Casa Fernandez make your or Agonorsa as, as they're calling themselves now. Yep. Uh, oh, so wait, I'm sorry, because Yami's taking the pictures, and the flash has blinded me. So when we discussed the word relaunch, yes, um, you know, we thought of I, I live near the shore. I see boats going all the time, and people want to launch it, and they get the ceremonious, you know, champagne break and a bottle and everything else. Well, if the boat sinks, <laughs> like it's not a good sign. So you generally relaunch. Yep. And I didn't want anyone looking at this first production of Los Caidos in 2015 as a sunken ship. It was very, very successful. Yeah, no doubt about it. Sold out across 17 state lines, and, and it really, really did well. I could have done a lot better knowing more about business. Um, so we're calling it the return of Los Caidos, and we're announcing the return, not necessarily the relaunch. For that reason, it's very, very specific. I did not want to give people the idea like we're a sunken ship, and we're, we're now coming back. So it's just a play on words, but it's just meaningful to us inside. Yeah, sure. What's some of the, uh, just to kind of bring it to, to the cigar itself, what's some of the feedback that you've gotten 
from from smokers just you know on the road and and also I'd, I'd be especially interested to hear what cops and firefighters have said uh about the cigar sure so the cause resonates with a lot of people of course, and yeah. just just to be clear too we set up a 501c3 officially recognized with the irs um as the life of a ride type so that's the motorcycle ride so los kaidos the cigar company is a sponsor like anybody else jersey mike's was a big supporter wawa uh, chris geisen ceo big supporter harley davidson big supporter um sunoco so those guys marriott they all got behind a ride but that's the non that's the non-profit arm of it so the cigars we sell the cigars and give a dollar back on every cigar sold to that non-profit yep. so we give out the money actually through the ride and life of ride time not through los kaidos okay so the feedback on that was the police loved it. Um, the firemen were a little pissed at first because we launched the police first, you know, and the fireman was like, when are we getting ours? When are we getting ours? When are you doing a red version? When are you doing a red? So we came out with that um, by the deadline of August 8th. If you remember 16, yeah, that was a big deadline. So we, we got that out in time and it was very, very well received. As far as the regular cigar smokers, they, re- they loved the cigar. Um, they thought it was an excellent cigar. I didn't send it out for ratings. The, the ratings weren't important to me. The cause uh, was... Yeah, and there's not enough yeah. for it to, to matter, really. Correct. And the cause was way more important. And then, yeah. and uh, listen, we got some very honest feedback from people. Some lady, I, I was sharing with Nick before in an email, when you order up, you know, there's a response section. She's like, listen, I don't believe in what you do. I think you cause cancer. I call them shit sticks, but please send me five boxes for my husband and his friends because they just lost a friend. Wow. So that really resonated with us. Another guy um, sent something in. He's like, listen, my son was in the towers. He got out. His friend didn't. I'd like to buy him a box for Christmas. You know, so we looked at the data. And, and like I was telling you, you watch film, right? So our film was the data, all those email responses, everything from 2016. And we realized we're a major gift purchase item for people not even associated with cigars. And that was a challenge in the blend, right? Like I knew we were going to be somewhat of a, like, we want to celebrate life. So our three pillars right now are empathy, the celebration of the human spirit, and philanthropy. We want to meet new people, have fun, and help others, in simple words. So this cigar really allows people to do that. So we looked at it. Some people are going to buy it like a wedding or a birthday cigar. Like, hey, we're going to celebrate our friend's life. They're not regular cigar smokers, so it had to be mild enough for them. But also, if you're just a cigar guy that likes Saginaw Salif or just loves a great cigar that's, I mean, we're under 10 bucks a stick. Right yeah. for a six by fifty four tour by Agonorsa, that's pretty good company and great value. So for the regular cigar smoker, we had to make it strong enough and full enough for them to also enjoy. Yep. So Paul and I spent hours trying to come up with that blend, and the blend does not differ between the police um, version and the fire version because we feel that they share that uh, community service bond together. So that's all you're ever going to get. You're going to get a 6x54 Toro of the same blend for either the okay, that, police that's or a the good, fire. Yeah, that's a, that's a good, you know, to clarify that because I, I would have thought, oh, I wonder what that blend is like. So I'm glad you pointed that out. Now, uh, the party or the, the return is on October 2nd. Yes. And then... Then what, they go for sale right away on the website? How, how does that work? Yeah. So, so how what, can people support the cause is so what I want to know. People can support the cause in one of two ways. If you're... Have, or both. Or both. Correct. Thank you. That's why you're here. <laughs> the uh, the first cause, like I was just um, in Scottsdale, Arizona. So the first event we set up is for December 1st. So what I'm going to do is go into a city on a Friday night, 
do an event at a local shop. Saturday, go to, go to the Harley dealership, do a major event, uh, set up a ride locally to go visit the memorials for the police and the fire. Um, and then Sunday, do a shop and I'm out of there. I'll come back to the warehouse and fill orders Monday through Friday. So I was just in Scottsdale on Tuesday for a 9-11 memorial ride, met up with 40 or 50 great people, did 526 miles on the bike, started at the same time the first plane hit the tower down at the uh, healing fields of Tempe Beach Park. And that was around 530 in the morning. We go back to the Harley dealer, and then we met up with the rest of the people, and it went up to the site where the Granite Mountain Hotshots perished, the 19 firefighters in the Yarnell Hill fire. So we got to see uh, Carefree, Congress, Yarnell, and Prescott Fire Departments. We were on our bikes for about seven or eight hours, and that's what I envisioned doing um, with the cigar sales. That's I'm not going to go to – I'm not probably going to go to online discounters because I think if you discount the cigar, you're also discounting the life of the fallen, and I refuse to do that. Uh, So we're going to probably go to straight retailers, uh, one or two in each respective city I choose um, with the team and and just do it that way. And then anybody else who wants to buy the cigars individually as consumers can find us online and get it that way, and we'll ship it to them right out of our warehouse. So how can they find it? What is it? Loscaidos.com? Loscaidos.us. Okay. We're going to buy the .com probably domain and then just you know reroute everybody to .us. But right now the site's Loscaidos.us. So that's L-O-S-C-A-I-D-O-S. Dot .us. US. Correct. And then right now, if you get online, it just, you know, tells you a little bit about what we're trying to do. And then there's a button to click so people can pre, uh, pre-order pre basically without so right giving us money. Right now they can pre-order. Right okay. now they can. It's, we're calling it a time reservation. So you could get in line. We're only making 3,000 boxes, 1,500 for the police, 1,500 for the fire. So and less than the, than the last time. No we more. Five. We made 500. Oh, 500. Now we're doing 1,500 each. Oh, 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 oh. Yeah. So significantly okay. more. And then uh, what it does is once you, all you have to do is send us your email, no credit card information, no payment or anything. And then that registers you in a timestamp. So we have people in line already for the boxes to come out, but we know specifically when they got in line based on the timestamp of the email sent to us. So uh, that's how we're doing it. And the cigars, I just, you know, you, we were at lunch together with Paul. I was at Casa Fernandez today and it looks like the cigars are going to be here considering all the political unrest in Nicaragua, things are taking a little bit longer, probably be here mid-November. Okay. So... Yeah, I mean, just don't even mess around uh, while you're listening to this. Go to loscaidos.us and reserve a box. Uh, it's what, What's the box of... It's a box of 11. It's a box of 11, and we're looking at the pricing, uh, considering the dollar give back, which not a lot of people are doing. That's one thing I learned, that the margins um, have to be there. So the first launch was $100 a box, which made it under 10 bucks a stick. Yeah. So it was around $9 times 11 is 99 bucks, right? So it was 9 bucks a stick for a 6 by 54 Agonor. So I'm very comfortable with that. It yeah. may have to go up like $10 to 110 so that we can have that give back, because that's one of the things I learned. So, uh, so we're we're looking into that. There's no promises, so it's going to be in between 100 and 110 plus whatever. Why don't you just not mess around and just make it 110 and just, just yeah? Make it 110. I mean, really, 10 bucks, guys. Don't be a pain in the ass about this. Yeah. Well, here's Support here's the cause. In in terms of you know why not make it 110? It, is there uh, a foundation or you have a 501c3? It, if people go to that website, is there a way for them to contribute extra? I, mean, I imagine some people will feel like, okay, aside from the dollar a stick that I want to go to you guys. So, that's a very good point. And this is what I was going to share with and you. That's why he's here. That's, I, <laughs> <laughs> and that's why Nick's here. The second option, we talked about the first cigars. Yes. Second option is you can donate directly to that Life of a Ride Time, 
We never had a specific website for it. So Tim Host is our, uh, an amazing guy, one of my former students helping me out uh, moonlighting. And he's going to set up that site soon because just now in Scottsdale at the ride about, which I just referenced two days ago, a gentleman comes up to me and says, listen, I really don't smoke cigars, but I want to support you at $1,000, right? So that's, that's, it just resonates with a lot of people. So I, he has since stayed in touch with me right away, and he's going to put that $1,000 in the life of the ride time account. It's not going to have anything to do with the cigar. So that's option number two. Yeah. And that'll be up and running definitely before November. Very cool. And here's sort of along those same lines, you know, the person who doesn't smoke cigars, I think you could basically walk into any police or fire station and find smokers. Oh, yeah. So is yeah. is it an option? I wonder whether there's a, an easy way other than just having it shipped to yourself and showing up. But I imagine they'd appreciate it if you showed up with a box of the cigars. If you're not going to smoke them yourself, you could buy them, have that 10%, uh, have that dollar a stick go to the cause and also end up with cigars that cops or firefighters would enjoy. Yeah, yeah, and we're we have something set up of a possible model for that okay. a wholesale fundraising mechanism that cool. we're looking at talking with some police and fire departments. There are some legalities with uh, sure. service like policemen and firemen smoking. It's sometimes written in their contract, like in the state of Florida, okay. firemen, full time firemen, and professional firemen have written their contract. They're going to be non tobacco users for the extent of the contract. Whether they keep that or not, right. I don't know. But I'm not going to be the guy to show up at the fire. I was like, yeah. Hey, I'm here with cigars. <laughs> you know, they want to buy them online and smoke them at their house, and no one knows. That's up to them. Well, you don't you have know? to say I will. <laughs> say it. I'll say if you just show up to a fire station with a box of cigars, they're not going to end up in the garbage can. Correct. That, that, and listen, in, 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 in 16, yeah. that may have happened. I won't say where or when, but it may have happened. We're in Jersey after all, right? We're in yeah. Jersey. So, very cool. Yeah. So um, but why don't we backtrack a little bit just yeah. to, to give people a little bit of eye candy here. Yeah. Uh, the Your basketball career. So you played at Nova? I Well, that's a, I went to Villanova. I was a very good high school basketball player. Raleigh Massimino was not looking for a 6'6 white center three years after winning the championship. <laughs> yeah. So the, he was very, he was a great guy. I was fortunate to work out with the team, but I never officially played for them. So I hung out when I could. I played pickup when I could with the guys, but I was never officially a member of the team. Um, Jay Wright, who's there now, people, you know, people forget. Jay Wright's won two championships in the past few years, and people are like, oh, great. he's been there almost 19 years. Right. So he is a, a very so I followed his uh, career closely and it's given me a lot of incentive to pers- to still pursue this because you're not going to build Rome overnight, they say. Right. Or yeah. Rome in a day, whatever. Um, and Jay hasn't done that. And, and I, I really respect what he's done there. So I just keep that in the back of my mind as I'm trying to build what I'm building now. Yeah. It's not going to be built overnight. Um, so I did not play at Villanova, but that school is near and dear to my heart. I'm actively involved. A lot of my friends uh, fraternity brothers, they've all been like, for instance, the guy at Wawa, the CEO I mentioned, Chris Geisens, is my fraternity brother oh, from wow. Villanova who supported the ride. Um, some of the guys that got behind this recent investment to do Los Caidos the right way coming back, all four current investors are former Villanovans. So Villanova is a very, very near and dear place to my heart. Very near. So then, uh, but you became a, a head coach yeah, at so- Hampton. Yeah, uh, not the head. I was an assistant, but it's okay. The uh, I was ba- yeah. So basketball. My, our over. research department is no, shit. no. You're, yeah, but you know what the problem is? Is I was the research department. <laughs> so, so 
Yeah, no, so I, I was a high school basketball player, St. Rose, Belmont, New Jersey. Really, really fun place. Loved it. Great guy. Uh, the head coach there is actually the godfather of my kids. Taught me a lot about discipline, showing up to things on time, working hard for what you want to achieve. So I took a lot of life lessons with that. And then uh, just really fell in love with the game from that. Villanova was a great place to be around basketball. I mean, great oh, place. Okay. So even though I wasn't on a team, I mean, Raleigh Massimino, his whole staff, the players that came through there, it was just a great, fun atmosphere because they have one AA football at the time, and it was very successful, but basketball was their thing. Yeah. So it was just incredible. So I felt like it was an extension of my my high school playing days, like just that fun and keeping it alive. And then I've always played since then. I was a high school basketball coach for a very, very long time. Got to rub elbows with some of the great like coaching uh, in games against Bobby Hurley. And it was just St. Anthony's. It yeah, was yeah. just awesome. Uh, well, it was a good experience until the tip. <laughs> and then when you're playing against seven-foot Josh Moore and everybody else, it's not so fun. And then just from there um, – and when I was a high school coach at Point Beach, the, the co- assistant coach, Kevin Nickelberry from Monmouth, took notice. We were beating teams. We had no business being. I had great players, very smart, could do things with the basketball. I still don't know how they won some of the games they did. And they really I, – I owe everything I, I was reputed to be as a coach to them, that team. Um, they just worked their asses off for me. And even the guys at Wall High School, Mike Malone and the guys, I mean, just everybody, if they're listening to the podcast, just they always, I mean, they're shed, shedding blood, sweat, tears, just so we can all look great. And I ended up looking good because of their efforts. Go to Point Beach. The guy at Monmouth took notice. He gets the head job at Hampton and then called and said, listen, man, I need somebody who works hard, knows what they're doing, knows me. And it was just a really good mix. And I got the call at the last game. One of the players I was very fortunate to coach, I coached in a semi-pro league in Belmar, New Jersey, and uh, called the Jersey Shore Basketball League, where a lot of NBA players came through, high-level college players. And on that team that I coached was Jason Thompson. So he was the 12th overall pick in the 2008 draft. He and I are still close. I just texted him last night. He's overseas in China now, just signed a new contract. But Jason was on that team. And, and he's like, listen, man, you, you really can get it done with high level, mid-level, any level. I need you down here at Hampton. And that was after, literally, I just had gotten off the floor with Jason when he called me as we're going to dinner. And I said, when do you need me down there? He said, tomorrow. So I literally went home 9 o'clock that night to my wife and said, hey, this opportunity came about. What do you think? And she goes, it is a dream of yours. I'm never going to hear the end of it. If you don't, yeah. get your ass down there. We'll see you in a few months. And that's how it happened. That's coaching life, man. Yeah. That's crazy. Yeah. That's crazy stuff. So It was the best experience of my life. I will say that. It was, if you don't know about Hampton University, it's historical black college and university. I was probably one of seven or eight white staff members on the entire campus. Uh, we had no white players on the team. And uh, it was, I'm telling you, you talk about all the bullshit going on now with race in this country. If you had been on campus in, from 2007, 2010, you could have followed me every day that I coached there you would not have the same perspective of the bullshit going on now. Kevin Nickelberry, Adrian Walters, Keith Couture, the some of the greatest people and the ball busting that went on, forget about it. So it was it was just stuff you could laugh it, it was all after. It was none of the none of this crazy shit you hear about now. Yeah. It doesn't have to be that way and, and I was so fortunate to experience it. It was probably the most fun outside of Los Cayados, it was the most fun I've had on any job any job. So so then uh you said you guys didn't make the tournament. Yeah, we didn't make the tournament. They fired my boss, and then uh, this were, after one season. No, three. Okay. Yeah, and he was there longer than I got there, so it might have been four or five for him. Uh, but uh, you know, I stayed on until the end of August. There were two players for whom I was responsible for recruiting: Mike Tuitt, Chuck Funches, because they were in the Northeast. That was my territory. 
Uh, Buck Joyner, who's the head coach there now, helped was instrumental in also recruiting them down there. I mean, we got the kids. They were looking at Manhattan, Seton Hall. We were able to grab them at Hampton, which doesn't happen often. And then with those two kids, after I left, I talked to Scott, started working with Scott Regina at the retail shop, came back to Jersey. When I got back to Jersey is when they ended up, I finished my doctorate, and they went on to the NCAA tournament under Coach Joyner, and he's been there quite a few times with them. Awesome coach, great guy. Um, I gave a TED Talk about – Ed and humor in a conversation on race, and it was Buck who sent me the shirt that I wore in that TED Talk. If you ever get online and see it, I'm wearing a bright blue Hampton basketball T-shirt, and it was from Buck. He's like, dude, you can't go on there and not rep, man. I'm sending you something. I said, all right, yeah, man. Cool. So I still talk to them. We're still pretty close. I saw one of my former players in Arizona on Tuesday, went out to dinner. So it's just it, – it, it was a great experience. Loved it. Loved That's it. cool, man. Yep. That's cool. What offense did you run? No, I'm kidding. <laughs> <laughs> I wish I knew. I was too worried about I – was, I was keeping statistics on fouls and free throws. <laughs> I wouldn't know what the hell you're talking about, but my <laughs> son probably would. But uh, that's good stuff. So then, uh, November the cigars start. To, you start to get the cigars. People yeah. can expect uh, to receive them. You said you wanted them to be, or you noticed they were a gift item. Yes. So obviously, you want to get them ready for for the holidays. Yeah, and that's why I think a lot of guys can come on here and say, "Hey, order now, get yours now," you know, and all the sales hype. And I'm, I'm, like, I'm just trying to be real with you. I'm not, I'm a hype guy right now. Like, I'm very just chilling with you. I'm, I really believe because I'm in, I'm in Jersey. So you have the largest police department in the country, New York City, the largest fire department in the country, New York City. New York alone has 34,000 uniformed officers. When you talk about the whole lot, it's 53,000 people. Yeah, those are going to go. And then Philly is the fourth largest or fifth largest. I think Houston's fifth, fourth, Philly's fourth. Same thing, fourth largest police, fourth largest fire in the country. And then you have New Jersey itself of 50,000-something officers. So between, and just in my backyard alone, we're talking about 1,500 boxes for the police and 1,500 for fire. They're good to go. So if anybody out there listening, I appreciate the support. And this is not a gimmick sales pitch. I truly, if you want this cigar and you want to try it, I'm not asking for any money or credit card deposit. I'm just asking you to get in line. Just send your email. And it's no commitment. If I email you and say, hey, I noticed your name was 12th. Do you still want the box? If you say no, I'll move on to number 13 or 14. So there's no no commitment. I'm not going to hold you to it. But if you do, or if you're thinking about it, get in line, man, because it's going to go. Yeah, it'll go fast. And uh, and I can tell you that uh, in terms of of our palate here at Cigar Snob, um, you're not going to be disappointed with the cigar. Uh, I, I mean, I can. If you don't like them, I'll buy them from you. So yeah, <laughs> I mean, I think I think uh, if it's anything like the 2015, which is what I'm smoking right now. Uh, you're not going to be disappointed. Yeah. I, I think a lot of people feel that way. And that's the thing I'm telling retailers. I said, listen, when I, so when I come out to events, we're shipping 100, 200 boxes to these events if they're not already pre-ordered or, or you know, whatever we want to call it. Spoken for. If, yeah, I like that. If they're not already spoken, although you shouldn't end your sentence in a preposition, it's okay. All right. No, I'm, just, <laughs> I'm totally kidding. If they're not already spoken. <laughs> doctorate. <laughs> I had to throw it out there. Listen, you, you had me play with something before. I have to. Uh, all right. All right. All right. <laughs> so, uh. So we're sitting there and, uh, you know, we're looking at that. So I said, let's send out the 200, 300 boxes. And, uh, and what, as I was a retailer, people, so the guys I'm talking to now about carrying a cigar forget. I come from working for one of the best guys in the industry about retail, yeah, Scott okay. Regina. And then I was a retailer. So I know the pain points. I know what limited shelf space is. I know what a pain in the ass it is for mandatory minimum buy-ins. Like take half of our bullshit and we'll give you the good shit. Like I, I, I've been there. I've done it. So I'm telling retailers now, like, listen, man, I'll give you exclusivity in the city. 
right? So within 10, 15 miles, you're the only guy that can have this. So if police and firemen or their friends, family, supporters, cigar smokers want to get it, they only have to come to you. I'm going to ship a couple hundred boxes out. Whatever you don't sell, we're shipping it right back to the warehouse in Pennsylvania. So there's no, you're not left with any shelf space. You know, it's, so if I I don't understand why any retailer wouldn't want to do it, um, and I'll work with them on a specific tax situations in crazy states like California and New York. Um, so I'm willing to work with everybody, but that's how we're, we're going to do it. So I, I don't see why any retailer wouldn't want to do this with us, but I'm not in their shoes. So I really don't know. You know what I'm saying? It's easier saying from the outside until you're in somebody else's shoes. It's very hard to speak for them. Well, and the other thing is, you know, this is, we're smoking the, the 2015 now. So I, I think part of the concern that a retailer has when they're worried about, you know, like, oh, what if I don't sell these inside of X amount of time is how is it going to age when this, when this has been on my shelf for a year or more, what's that going to taste like? The worst case scenario, if it ages anything like this 2015 is aged, yeah, <laughs> it's, it's going to be something you can sell very confidently and you won't be bullshitting people. Yeah. You know, so it's Listen, not, uh, it's not going to sit on the shelf that long. Of course not. And it's, but it's the cause that, you, that you're buying exactly. into and you happen to, you happen to have a cherry on top when, when the cigar is this good, Yeah, right? There's, there's a lot of cigars that are sold for that cause. This isn't the only one. Yep. Uh, and and a bunch of people support it, and the cigars don't right. end up being that good. Yeah. Uh, in a lot of cases, in some cases they are. Uh, this one happens to be exceptional. So. Yeah, I appreciate you saying that. And, and that's the tough thing, too, because you don't want to seem like a cocky asshole or braggadocious, right? Like, oh, my cigar is really good. Yeah. So I'm stuck. Because I really do think it is a great, a great cigar, but I'm the brand owner. I'm supposed to say that, right? Or people yeah. would expect you to say, yeah, of course you're going to say that. You're not going to say your cigar sucks. But I have to tell you, I have not I have not run into a person yet that said, we had one complaint. The only complaint I've ever received was they said it was falling apart and they cut the cap off. So when I used another cigar in my shop at the time, remember they all got delivered to the shop. So I took another cigar, I won't say the name of the brand, that I did not mind sacrificing and I showed them the difference between the, what a cap is. I, I took the whole cigar apart, a couple cigars, showed them the components, how a cigar is rolled, the difference with a Cuban sandwich, short filler. You know, I, I went through the whole lesson. And I said, when you cut that cigar, you cut it too far. You cut the cap off so it's no different than the foot. You know, like it can unravel. It can unroll if you're not yeah. careful with it. So once I gave that person the lesson, then they love the cigar. But it's funny how when people sometimes make the mistake of cutting a cap or cutting it too far, all of a sudden the cigar brand, the owner, everything about it sucks. The store sucks. Everything sucks. But hey, dude, look in the mirror. You cut it wrong. You didn't know what the hell you were doing. I'm a stickler for the cut, man. Yeah. Yeah. What I, kind I, of cut do you like? No, I, I like a round guillotine do cut. But, uh But I'm a stickler when I see someone cut it too far. It's always like, you always see my eyes go down to the guy's hand and I'm like, this freaking guy look what he just did yeah <laughs> so. yeah and you know what's funny i was just with uh i was in los angeles Hang and on, I, mine is unraveling here i'm kidding <laughs> <laughs> that, that wasn't funny <laughs> the uh no so I, I was just fortunate a guy that i i grew up watching play basketball and i was fortunate to run elbows with him at five-star basketball camp years ago was john sally so i was in los angeles uh august 20th 21st and i texted him and reached out to him he met me at lone wolf david's shop and uh we kicked it around a little bit just about everything all all the life issues and, and things and how cigars could and you spoke about this by the way as an aside to the in the publishing letter of the summer issue just now that you released at the show about how cigars capture that essence yep about bringing people together being empathetic and you said the, the whiskeys and the beers and all that does it too but it changes your judgment on things exactly. where cigars don't exactly. right so i want to thank you for all the rum you've been feeding me today <laughs> my my judgment hasn't changed at all my cigar is great no so uh so it was funny because with john i said hey do you want to cut her and he said no 
I said, how do you cut your cigars? He goes, I don't. I just pinch a little bit off the end. I said, that's all you do? He said, I ain't used a cutter in such a long time, man. He goes, try it. So for the first time, I really, like outside of like really being desperate for a cigar where you're like biting it a little bit, I yeah. literally took my fingertips, pinched a little off, and I it I, I was like, I, I'm not going to make a cutter. I'm not going to release a cutter because now I don't see the need for them. Well, yeah, right? we, we do that all the time. Yeah. And I, and I love the pigtail because what people don't realize about a pigtail, and we considered maybe going to a pigtail in future releases, yep. all you have to do is twist the pigtail off and it naturally creates that hole and that's all you need. Yeah. Yep. I, I mean, it's it's just, and, and let me say this too, and this is love for you guys. I'm not, uh, list, again, all relationships, no bullshit. Kleenex, please. If you, but seriously, if people went to Cigar Snob and they went back through the podcast and some of your learning lessons or just read the damn magazine, they would learn a lot of the shit we're talking about now. How to properly cut, how to properly... Like, that's all shit people take for granted. They're like, oh, I know how to do that. I know how to do that. Eh, sometimes you don't. Sometimes you don't. Because you, know? you don't know what you don't know. You don't know. know what you don't know. And that was yeah. my whole 2016, yeah. right? I'm trying to do the yeah. cigar. I didn't know about margins. I didn't know about this. I, I wasn't a business guy. I just know I wanted to do... I wanted to support a cause... This is how I thought about doing it, and I did more wrong than right and learned from it, but there was no way I wasn't getting on a motorcycle. There's still a good amount of right, though. There was a good amount of right, and yeah. I appreciate that. And I don't really call them mistakes. I call them learning lessons, but their inactivity would have been the biggest mistake, I think. Of course. Like, these, like these guys don't question, do I go in and, and save somebody? You know, do I go put the fire out? Do I put my, myself in harm's way? And I'm not going to get on a goddamn bike because I think it's not perfect enough yet. That wasn't happening. So I take it. I, I, I made my bed. I slept in it, but I learned a lot from it, yeah. and I'm ready to move on. But there was no way I was not doing it, you know? Cool, man. So I'm good. I'm ready for October yeah, 2nd. Oh, when, when are we airing this? Uh, before I think, that. Yeah, I before hope. that, for sure. Yeah. I am ready, too, I think. All right. Good to you go. Anything, Nikki? No, man. I, th- I think this is, uh, you know, let's uh, let's reiterate all the internet places people should go to, to yeah, learn more. including social media. Yeah, so we've got uh, loscaidos.us. That's L-O-S-C-A-I-D-O-S dot U-S. Mm-hmm. On Instagram and Facebook, it's Los Caidos Cigars, plural. And on Twitter, it's Los Caidos Cigar, no S at the end. True. And again, just to thank everybody here, I really appreciate you letting me come in. I was, you know, down here to talk to Cas. I'm always going to see you anytime I'm even near Florida. So uh, this Better. was, you know, it was, it, I, I will. And uh, I just have to say it was, it was really a nice invitation. I didn't know what to expect. And just for you to say, hey, listen, if you're down here, let's do this. I just really appreciate it. And I appreciate, you know, time matters. Um, I'm sorry to maybe not close with this, but You know, the older I get, I'm married now, 17 years, two kids, 14 years old, twin boys, they're in high school now. And especially starting this business the right way, what I'm finding is my time. And I, you know, people like some guys are are, are just pricks about it. Like, oh, my time, my time, you know, I'm not, I'm too busy. But I, I have to say, I have placed a higher value on time now than I ever have before. So the fact that you, the Cigar Snob family would take, I mean, what time did I get here? Around two? And it's now five or after, almost six. The fact that you would drop Cigar Snob activity, invite me into your home. No, no, no. Come on. It needs to be said for you to drop everything you're doing and welcome me into the Cigar Snob family and spend four hours with me. And then to do this podcast and Nick setting everything up, I mean, that means a lot to me. More so than anything. I really appreciate your time, guys. I want to also note that I wore pants 
just for you, Steve. Yeah, and <laughs> we are not commenting on that any further, any further at all. But nice to see everybody. I this for you, <laughs> for the cause. That'll be another blog post. I need to really explain that. <laughs> all right, man. All right, so, well, thank you, man. Thank yeah, you for thanks, coming Steve. down, and thanks thank for you hanging guys. out with us. And thank you, everybody, for taking the time to listen in today's show. I really appreciate it. Thank you so much, everybody. All right. Until next time, this has been the Cigar Snob Podcast. Make sure that you subscribe on Google Play Music, Apple Podcasts, SoundCloud, Stitcher. This is rum number three. Am I forgetting one? I may forget. I, okay, I don't cool. know what you're talking about. Also, CigarSnobMag.com slash podcast for this and other episodes of the podcast. Uh, yeah, thanks. Take care.